Sex, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the speculative interdimensional vehicle, Sex in Space. Its mission, to explore new points of view, to seek out fresh opinions, to boldly go where so many have gone before, and still somehow manage to totally miss the point. Subscribe to Sex in Space, wherever quality podcasts are found. Hey there, it's Tim and welcome back to Sex and Space, here continuing to explore sex across all of its infinite dimensions. Really hope you're doing well. If you're loving yourself a bit of Sex and Space, there are lots of ways you can support us. Head on over to sexandspace.com forward slash shop and check out the merch. Our book, The Organ Education Forgot, a little book about the clitoris, is also available at sexandspace.com forward slash book. You can grab it as a downloadable PDF or a fabulous print version. Remember, you can also show your support by liking, rating, and subscribing wherever you found us. There is more awesome Sex and Space content over at TikTok and Instagram. Our handle is sexandspace.com. That's sexandspace, D-O-T-C-O-M. This is episode 39. I was super lucky to get to sit down and talk with Mitch Larson, a.k.a. Dan Moon. He says he's lived a pretty interesting life, moving through a diverse range of careers from sales, law, and professional photography, A moment of clarity led him to being a full-time, highly successful male escort all over Australia and beyond. He is also now a published author. His book, Time For Her, A Memoir of True Romance, is out now. Let's get into it. Mitch, or should I say Dan? You can say Dan. Let's go with Dan. Welcome to Sex and Space, mate. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Very well. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Um, So, yeah, Mitch Mitch and Dan, um, tell us about about the need for an AKA. Well, the the AKA is generally what everyone does in the the industry just to sort of give you that 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 barrier some people really stick to their their pseudonym um mm-hmm. and, they, and they'll stick to it like you know they'll they'll never reveal real names and that's most the most common situation with pretty much everyone um yeah. the guys uh i don't think i'm alone in in letting clients i trust or regular clients know my real name so mm-hmm. usually i just as soon as i feel i can trust the client they're not going to turn into a stalker or something weird i'll just be like you know okay can you call me dan from now on you know um yeah. Yeah, I even I, I used to do pre pre booking phone calls as well, and um, if, you know that they often went up now by themselves. So I would just say, all right, you know, this is going to be a bit weird, but you know, can you wrap your head around calling me Dan? And sometimes, you know, it's a bit of a shock because there's mm-hmm. this whole Mitch persona out there, uh, and they've got a plan of what it's what it is to be with Mitch. But then it's like, I know Dan. Well, okay, so it's good to get that out of the way as soon as possible, so they can yeah. start relating to each other. Yeah, yeah so Absolutely. yeah, so no, so right. I prefer Dan definitely. And so, for the purposes of this conversation, you'd prefer Dan. Dan, Dan. right? Call me Dan. Dan. Yeah, I will. Yeah. But, but yeah, the book's published under Mitch Larson, yeah. which is which is a pseudonym I, I had, you know, just yeah, as that yeah. last sort of barrier of privacy. But uh, yeah. yeah, but I wrote right. the book, and with the help of Mitch, let's put it that way. <laughs> okay, good stuff. I was going to say, there's not not much privacy anymore. Now you're you're out there. Oh, it couldn't be more yeah. out there. I know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. What's and all. <laughs> <laughs> One other quick question then. So um, the terminology around the, the job itself that you did. Um, I mean, I know this, you know, 
I don't, I don't actually know if there's a contentious um, sort of disagreement around around what it's called, but or variables, uh, but uh, male not, escort. Not, even I mean, the, the only thing you shouldn't refer to anyone is a prostitute. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just that's just it's it's degrading. It's it's deliberately derogative. So yeah. um, that's generally not accepted. Um, uh, male escort, yeah. I mean, I'm an escort that is male, so you mm-hmm. don't really say female escort much. But you know, yeah. you can just say escort, companion, provider, uh, sex worker. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's all accurate. All of those yeah. things are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, um, I'm sure we'll uh, unpack. You know, the companion aspect and some of the other things that you sort of talked about there. Um, in, yeah, good. In those names, but um, first up, just talk us through how you got into this line of work. Uh, right. Well, I was in my early 40s, 41. Um, I'd been a stay-at-home dad for, for quite a while. And then I went to, uh, while I was looking after my little fellow um, as he was growing up, um, I was still married at the time, um, no longer. We'll get to that later. Um, I was uh, married at the time and uh, I, I was fit as a fiddle, going to the gym constantly, feeling good about myself. But I wasn't contributing to the household finances and, and just, I'm an old school sort of guy and, you know, I, I want to pay my way through life. And, um, yeah, I, I was, you know, the first few photography gigs were great. Um, I felt, I felt wonderful that my art was being paid for, um, mm-hmm. and that, that ability, but, um, yeah, during the time that I was, um, married towards, you know, the last, you know, it was about 10 years at the point we sort of got that, got into that stagnant point that, relationships tend to get to mm-hmm. uh and i was flirting with a, a like text flirting with a with a mother from the mother's group that i was with and she was married but then she just sort of hit me up with like oh i'm not really sort of married we're in an open relationship sort of thing and i was like oh my god so this, this woman actually likes me you know um and it sort of um it it yeah it just got me thinking you know I, my wife and my uh, sex libido, our libidos were very different at the time. Um, so I didn't want to cheat on her, but I was I was thinking a lot about you know being with somebody else. So I just came out, you know, and said, "Look, do you mind? I feel a need to sleep with someone else, you know." Um, and yeah, it was it was done compassionately. Um, it, well, I, I didn't jump into anything quickly, but she researched it and gave took, took took a fair while to to judge the viability of an open marriage. And she amazingly and, and beautifully, she said yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I slept with someone else. Um, and but but the concept of the open marriage um, sort of got me thinking one night. Well, you know, I'm, I I don't know what really got me onto the escort thing. It was like somebody suggested that I was quite sexy or had it gave off a, a bit of a vibe like that. So. Mm-hmm. It just in my life, I sort of get an idea of doing something, and then I can't let it go until I try it, and yeah. then I sort of trust the universe in guiding me in the path that I'm supposed to go. So I thought, well, I'll try it. If I'm meant to do it, if it's meant to be good, um, it'll work, sort of thing. And yeah, so with you know, I took my own photos with the help of my wife, and um, within probably a week or two, the calls started coming in, the text messages started coming in after I put myself on one of the bigger directories in the country and yeah. it just, it, the, and the next, the next four and a half odd years just, just absolutely just stunned me. Yeah. It was a hell of a journey. So oh, that's man. how it all began. Yeah. So, um, you say you put yourself on a, on a, one of the large directories. I mean, was it, was it 
I mean, you know, in, the, in that, the first few weeks when you were sort of starting out, was it as you uh, expected it to be? Did you have any clue kind of what you were? Um, not, not really. I, I, honestly, looking back, I, I didn't have any sort of notions of what it would involve. I knew, I knew it wouldn't. It would involve a lot of talking, a lot of li- well, sorry, a lot of listening, um, and a lot of, you know. Um, confidence building i suppose and, and, and a lot of nervous clients but mm. i think the pleasant surprise was the the therapy involved you know the the the, the deeper emotional connection uh that's the sort of thing that yeah that after a few bookings and as you know i had varying clients you know i, I did have the odd one or two where i get get them in the early in the day i'd, I'd get a text message at say 11 p.m and later all right, all right i'm gonna go and go to work and mm-hmm. um but they were rare it tend it ended up being you know very relationship focused um yeah and, and very very just quite a lot more therapeutic sort of than i thought which was actually it was beautiful it's really nice yeah and is that um i mean i guess that that's something that you yeah had to learn on the job that that's that's actually what was part and parcel of the of the new the new career choice yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it, but it just sort of felt natural to me. Um, mm. I, it's, I'm not, I don't say that in an arrogant sort of way or anything. But I just, I just found I, I, I tend to be sort of uh, I, I like to listen uh, and I and I like to help. <laughs> so yeah. just for one of yeah, for, in general. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the path it took, and it was it was really nice how it sort of eventuated. Yeah. So it, within that sort of being a, a sort of common occurrence i guess would would you say that there's or at least in in the kind of women that were booking you um mm. was there such a thing as a, as a typical client would you say um oh you could say you could sort of narrow it down to age brackets usually mm. in the, the late 40s um mm. often early 50s uh, all the way up to sort of early 70s but typical would be sort of late 40s um and I and I nailed it sort of in my mind. I thought, well, what what bring what brought them to me? And it was always something significant happening in their life. Um, uh-huh. Say, 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 a, a, their, their wife, their husband or wife or whatever cheated on them, um, or their you know their their parent, the parent that they were caring for died, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 sort of sort of had an impact on them, and then they they built their their confidence and their courage up, and then at the absolute peak of their confidence they decide to sort of take take something for themselves and then and take action on their future and they contacted me then so mm. you know a lot of people say that oh they contacted you when i was in my most my most vulnerable state or it's like no you didn't you contact me when you you were in your most brave state so give yourself credit um yeah so yeah so generally um yeah that late sort of 40s bracket um, may or may not be in a relationship uh but generally yeah something significant happening that they wanted to fix Mm, that's so interesting, isn't it? That that, mm. that is a pathway that people um, go down. Like you said, if they've got something, you know, I don't want to say trauma necessarily, but you know, if they've got something that needs fixing, trauma uh, is definitely it's a, trauma is a great word for it. Yeah. I've, I've, lots of clients I met have gone through really significant trauma, childhood, recent, you know, mm-hmm. not so recent trauma, but um, yeah, even you know another. A, 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 a typical type of client, I, I had a lot of uh, sort of emergency service workers, like a lot of nurses, a lot of doctors, uh, the, the people in sort of caring industries. They, they, there was a huge lot of those too, if, if you had to narrow it down to an occupation as well. So they had a need to have to be cared for themselves. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that, that's very interesting. So, yeah, I was wondering, sort of the the some of those deeper motivations. Um, mm. You mm. know, if it's if it's not purely, you know, sexual. There's a Guardian article that mentioned. Um, I think you quoted twenty percent sex, and the rest yeah. is the rest is listening. But some of those other motivations around, you know, having someone who um, is going to listen. So a really good mm. sort of sexual encounter with good communication, and and obviously consent is huge. I imagine. Oh, very much yeah. so. Absolutely. I think they they would contact me, and uh, I, I think just 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 general intimacy would you know just just the little things surprise them like having their hand held as we walked across the street or giving them a hug in the elevator up as we went up to the bedroom or mm. or or just kissing them on the forehead tucking them in little things like that they've really been lacking mm. uh, and i think a lot, a lot of people are lacking that and um yeah it, it's just just the small things and then the talking and the the the, the, the emotional bond that you that you can make when you talk about each other's lives um that naturally can lead into the best possible lovemaking, which is, mm. you know, the, the sort of the culmination of it, um, but not the only reason for it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, it leads on to a wonderful sexual experience because of how comfortable you were able to make them feel, yeah. those, those, sorts of, those sorts of things. Yeah. I, yeah. Found, I found that, you know, in order to... Not all the time, but you know, I, I, I originally had bookings for an hour, and that wasn't long enough because I couldn't connect with the person enough to to to, seek, to get into it myself. And you know, fellas in the industry, we you know we can't take a Viagra and just look at a wall and get hard. You know, you mm. can take whatever you want, but you need to develop some sort of bond or, or caring or kindness and relate to the person that you with to get the blood flow going down there to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then they've got to feel safe enough. And only then do you suggest, you know, do you want to move there? Is this okay? And then, and then it takes off from there. Mm. So yeah, consent, as you said, is, is absolutely vital, paramount, paramount and ongoing continuous consent as well. Yeah. Um, that emotional um, sort of, I guess, burden that is put onto your shoulders. Do you, did you feel that though? Um, I did, yeah, 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 very much, and that was. I've, I've thought a lot about this, since, you know, since that aspect of the job, and I always thought that was doing a good job. Um, and in order to do well in the industry, you sort of do, you do have to shoulder a lot of people's burdens. But um, I, I, it's such a, it's such, a, it's. It, I, I felt conflicted because I did I do that too well, or mm -hmm. did I? Did I not? And I talk about that at the end of my book. You know, did, was I was I a good man in the end? Did I did I make a difference? Did I help people? And you know, part of me towards the end of my career, I was sort of really fighting with that in my mind. It's like, am I am I doing this person more damage than good now? You know, the, the long term regulars that I were with, was, were I, was I was I uh, you know uh, restricting them or, or or inhibiting them moving forward and meeting someone? In the real world, so to speak, without paying for it. Um, oh, so that's that's where it got tough, and and that's very common in the industry too. Here with the guys, mm, that's what I was going to say. So that is actually a, a atypical uh, experience for most sort of male male sex workers. I, I well, for yeah. most long term successful ones, yeah, um, mm. you need you need a certain level of empathy and compassion and and 
emotional maturity. So if you're, that's why that's why I'm, I'm looking around, or I, I encourage older men who have maybe given it a, a thought to contact me, uh, mm-hmm. because we need mature men out there to 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 listen to these to these people, yeah, these lovely people, yeah. Do other people um, also find it hard with the emotional side of things? We tend to keep very much to ourselves in this industry. Um, you know, we. I mean, I know a lot of guys in it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, more than most, obviously. But um, it's hard to say whether they do. They're, I I don't know the younger side of it. You know, the, the, the guys in their early thirties or not. I'm not quite sure. Sort of where I'm sure they have a client base. I'm not sure what their sort of typical age bracket would be. I imagine it's sort of older, um, wealthier women mm-hmm. too. But possibly they're looking for shorter term sort of things or. Uh, I don't know. Um, oh, I see what you mean. I, so, if, the, if yeah. the woman is looking for, you know, young something, yeah, just different. something, yeah, just like 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 if they have a sexual need, they want you know they want a ripped guy to dominate them or something like that. Then mm-hmm. and they you know youth is beautiful, obviously without a doubt. Um, uh, but I, I yeah I, I don't know quite know whether they it goes for years, you know, you have those long-term relationships that a lot of the older guys in the industry do. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely know, I know for a fact that the older guys do, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting though, um, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, but the these long-term relationships, what does that do to you in a sort of having having your own your own relationships? Well, it, it, it's virtually impossible. In fact, I couldn't do it at mm. all. Um, I, I found that, you know, say say I had absolute maximum, you know, peak busyness flying around, maybe ten regulars um, that I would see sort of every month or two months, sometimes every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The mental fortitude to have though, I'm not I'm not making myself out to be any sort of bloody god or genius or anything, but but the mental fortitude you need to to take those the burdens on doesn't allow you to, to meet someone and give them your whole, give them the attention they deserve. So I didn't mm. really try because I don't think it was really, it wouldn't have been fair on someone that I met uh, and it just, it, it, all, all my clients. So during my career, no, I didn't, I didn't have relationships at all, um, no. which is very hard, but a lot of the other guys do it and they, they do it well. Uh, yeah. I just found it very difficult myself. It's, um, it's interesting. I mean, I suppose even straight off the bat and having um, read about you and read some of your stuff that this conversation is the way it is. I mean, I, I don't know really what I thought when I was like, Oh, I'm going to be talking to a male sex, sex worker. Um, yeah. You know, it's this great time or like, I don't know, loads of sex and crazy stories and stuff like that. But it's the, it's interesting that, you know, that it is this. Yeah. Lots of it is. It is quite generic. It is. Yeah. It's. It, it's. It's actually. It's definitely far from boring. But it's not. You know. In, in my book, I talk about. You know. I, I obviously keep it entertaining by some of the more <laughs> funnier anecdotes. Definitely. Yeah. But you know the, the 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 text messaging and and the support and remembering significant events in each client's life and just lots of things. Just. Mm. Um, they they make it like uh, it is like having many girlfriends at once that you de- you care deeply for and yeah. it, and it can affect you yeah but uh, you've got to just you know 
to anyone thinking of it, you've just got to give yourself time, you know, turn that phone off every now and then. That's, that's all I would suggest mm. <laughs> instead of just being available all the time for everyone. Yeah. No, I mean, that, it's just so interesting to, um, to sort of start to hear the perspective, you know, versus maybe what you, you know, yeah. expected it was like. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really have any, I, that I can recall any expectations. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I, I knew it would involve a lot of listening mm-hmm. and there would be a lot of people that would want their confidence built up, but I didn't know, I, I, I didn't go into it thinking about getting such significant and so many and so special the, the regulars that I had and mm. the bond that I developed with them. Uh, I, I never anticipated that at all. Uh, but that's, that, that, that is how, you know, that's, it's, it's like any business really. It's like, you know, you, you look for uh, your, your regular customers and you give them the best customer service you possibly can and that they keep coming back. Um, so mm. in terms of that perception versus the sort of, uh, the, well, your, your lived experience, your, your reality with this, um, is there a stigma around this this kind of work, or have you ever sort of found now you know that your book is out and mm. um, you know you're pretty open about your experiences? Are you finding that, that a lot of people are either had a had a perception or a stigma around this? And yeah, definitely. There's I'm under no illusions that people don't agree with what I do, and mm. the, you know there's often uh, you know I try not to read comments from various things that have gone out there, but one of the most common is delusional or manipulative or, um, or, or yeah, you know, they think you're a grifter if you're a man in the industry. And, and a lot of the girls in the industry sort of don't take, um, it don't take sort of what, what straight male escorts do seriously either because we, you know, the, we're, we should be sort of servicing everyone. And, you know, if, if we're not, then we're, we're, we're con men for money. Um, and yeah, you know, that, that, that got me thinking, you know, that it, it's, it's 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 it is actually true in a weird way, but it's we're still offering a service. The other the biggest stigma though is for the women that actually do hire the escorts themselves. Um, right. You know that they're, they're they're all for it. They, they you know they understand how it all works. Um, but you know they they very conscious not to be known as someone that has actually done it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very rare for anyone to admit that they've done it, which is fine because it's very personal. But you know if men hiring women, it's sort of like just a funny thing. You know you know. Go out and get drunk, and someone will, you know, get get someone. It's a, yeah. it, it's a it's a jovial thing, but for a woman to do it, it's just unspoken of, you know. Mm. Uh, until you know, very recently with it, you know, things like that Leo Grand movie coming out uh, with Emma Thompson, stuff like that. You know, gradually the veil is being being uh, raised, um, so we can see the need for women actually needing this service. Mm. Well, it's it's, mm. it's it's interesting just how different it is, you know, and I guess the, the crossover between um, and the differences between, you know, female sex workers and male sex workers and, and what the clients potentially are mm. wanting, wanting from that. And, you know, like you said, maybe age is a factor as well. Um, yeah, in what definitely. Want. So um, it really is like horses for courses almost, isn't it? There's no... It is, yeah. Sort of it one is. particular... Um, yeah, but it, but but it also, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to differentiate the girls from from the guys too much. But you know, the the younger girls will will are happily taking the shorter bookings. You know, they mm-hmm. it, it's it's um, I wouldn't say easy money, but it's it's quick money mm-hmm. sometimes. Some some girls prefer that, whereas some of the other girls prefer very few clients and you know much deeper 
longer lasting relationships and um yeah they, they they see very few men so you know yeah there's someone out there for everyone in mm. that industry um you know uh, yeah so it's just it's I, I guess it comes down to personal preference of, of the actual sex worker where they want to go and what, what their comfort zone is yeah it's interesting i think you were exclusively uh female only right that was yeah yeah, yeah. i, I I'm not attracted to men really at all. Um, I mean, I've not, I, I think there are beautiful men, of course. Um, there are lovely men. There are kind men. But physically, no, I, it's not something I, I wanted to go through um, mm. because I'm, 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 I'm unapologetically heterosexual, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. The, um, but I was wondering if that, again, is a, is a, a typical, um, a more typical thing in, in male sex workers. Um, uh, I, I don't know enough to say yes or no to yeah. that, to be honest. I've, I've got female friends in the industry who have really, really long-lasting regular relationships with their clients, mm. um, and men and the men do the same, and the girl, some of the girls do. But um, yeah, I, I, I think I wouldn't. I don't know if it's. E- I can't really say to be honest. I can't say if it's evenly matched between the two of us. But mm-hmm. I know that. Based on what women want in a relationship, um, it's it's it just makes sense that probably there's there's more need for a mental connection and an ongoing mental connection. I think, um, but that's all me just surmising. So, <laughs> oh, that's we'll see. All good. <laughs> that's, I'm think, just offering my thoughts. <laughs> well, no, it's good. I mean, I think um, what you um, now are sort of offering um, the coaching side of things that is sort of this career of yours has has led into um mm. do you want to talk about that you got the two yeah two I'd different like avenues to. that might take go for it man yeah um at the moment i've i'm offering coaching to older guys 40 plus that are thinking about getting into the industry um because when i started i had no idea what to expect you know mm. there's just little things that can save time and little tips and um things you know to make the experience a lot nicer for the client but it's also an opportunity for me to let these guys know that side of the job that it is about helping and it's it's not about it's almost the sex part's almost irrelevant you know it's 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 fun and it's nice but um it's it's that 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 therapeutic side that you need to embrace or have in you already to, Mm. to succeed in the industry uh so I'm I'm doing coaching for guys that are doing thinking of entering it. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I'm offering uh, general guidance to to women. Um, some you know I've had uh, clients, female clients, who have considered seeing an escort, uh, but I'm you know not sure what to expect. Um, and, I, and I sort of let them know what they really should expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and things like falling in love and the emotions involved. I talk about that with them. Um, I've had clients who have seen a regular escort for many years and they are genuinely, you know, they, they try and they don't admit it to themselves, but they're genuinely in love with these guys and they, they don't know how to handle those emotions and they they feel almost scared to leave them or scared to no longer book them in case they're alone again. So I sort of talk to them about that. And I talk to them about, you know, the male side of the business and what could be going through their, their provider's head, you know, on any given booking or any given day. Um, also just, just women in general who, uh, had a call yesterday with a lady who, um, she just hadn't had any intimacy from her husband for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And she, 
you know, she had this 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 youthful look in her eye, like she she was just turning fifty, which is a very sexual age, and you could just see this sort of this 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 cheeky longing in her eyes that she wanted to 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 be held and be loved and to be mm. appreciated as a sexy woman. She just wasn't getting it from her husband, and they tried um, couples counselling, and you know he he, uh, he listened, but it, it, it hadn't worked, so it wasn't. I don't, I don't know if she was seeking permission to go anywhere else, but she mm. was sort of just getting an opinion of, you know, have I done everything I possibly can? And if I have, then, then what do I do? So then I sort of, you know, help talk about that as well. Um, yeah. So the, the whole, the whole be you again concept. So my website, be you That's, that's be that person you, you used to be again. How do you, how do you get back to that to get back that sort of, that sexual confidence that you that you had when you were younger, um, yeah. Because now that you're a bit older, you're a lot wiser, but you're still bloody sexy, and that's what yeah. I try and get get through to them. Yeah. So, in terms of the expectations that they might have, that you would then, um, you know, I guess, or help set for them. You know, I mean, are they imagining that you know they're going to have some porn scene, you know, played out? Um, oh, if they if they hire an escort, you mean? Yeah, yeah. What are, what are they? <laughs> No, no, they don't really. No, definitely not. Um, no. I think, I think sometimes they need reassurance that that's not going to happen. That's not what's going to happen <laughs> unless yeah. they want to. Um, you know, but uh, I try and to anyone I can talk to. You know, anyone who listens to me, clients, escorts, whatever. It's always, it's always ongoing, enthusiastic, continual consent. So mm. before anything, you know, before you put your hand somewhere, or before you you touch them, or before you. You, you take a next step in making love, you always just check, is this okay? Is this all right? How does that feel? And I try and, and, I try and encourage the, 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 the female clients and, and you know, anyone in general to, to speak up in bed mm. um, because we, we didn't really do that when we were younger. You know, we didn't know. I, I wasn't a magnificent lover. You sort of just stumble along and, um, you know, young, young people definitely, they're good at um, defining how they feel their sexuality but when it comes to actually being with a partner i still think it's very difficult for them to actually to specify exactly what they want what's working for them um what's not um yeah and a lot of people just tend to sort of put up with it and say oh well that was okay but you know it could have been better or Mm. you know i was almost almost orgasming but then you pulled away little things like that so keep up the, the chatter so that's another sort of thing that i try and talk to them about a lot as well Oh, and I think that's really important. I mean, I think um, and that's important for everybody to, to mm. do that. I don't really know why we don't. And I think it's, you know, because you're absolutely right. You know, we're, we're, mm. we're kind of getting better at talking about sex, sexuality, you know, and those sorts of things. But um, when it actually comes down to it, I wonder if a lot of expectations have been set by things like porn and stuff like that. So people perhaps yeah. think, think there's a way they have to perform and there's also always a definitely you know um a little bit of anxiety around am i doing this right but no one ever asks it's just, no no yeah. i think they're scared that it might sort of ruin the mood or something but but yeah. i try and you know the the, the, the way to, to the way for to, to, for someone to be good in bed i think most people do want to please the other person in bed and many in general like to be known as being good in bed so if women can communicate to them and, you know, they, they, a woman has a beautiful orgasm or something, then the man feels like a bloody god as well. So Absolutely. it's just a win-win, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, maybe it's just, maybe it is just you feel like you're ruining the mood or you'll upset the person by 
by suggesting they try something different. But you're not, you know, you're, you're making it a better experience for both of you. I should say so, yeah. I mean, it's... I wonder if it's the Hollywood effect, you know. Um, people think yeah. that, you know, sex has to be the waves crashing and you know, <laughs> a, blue, a blue light and a, you know, breeze and you sort of fall into bed and no one says anything and, you know, that's that right. kind of thing. So, yeah. Or, yeah, or you get pushed up against a wall and that's automatically hot, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or, or, or you, you're slapping your your old fella on things and you're slapping asses, <laughs> all that. That's what, that's that's considered good porn. It's just... You know, and that's another. That's something else I aspire to do is to actually start speaking to say sporting groups or educational institutions, uh, you know, anyone about what is the realities of these things. Because in you know in my book I describe a situation where I tried to do porn, mm-hmm. um, and so I've got an inside view of how it works and just this the, the how clinical it is, but also how how skilled you need to be to actually do it because it's, yeah. it's really hard. <laughs> well, yeah. the problem is it's not really hard in my case, but. You need it to be really hard for it to mm. work, if you know what I mean. How do, how do people feel about their their own bodies? Did you experience almost almost all the time? Really self conscious. Um, right. I a lot. I did have a lot of first time clients. I, I started sort of slowing things down, but I had many first time clients who just you know they, they were really really self-conscious no you know no one had seen their body except their husbands and, and mm. themselves in the mirror um so yeah almost all of them were self-conscious and and that um yeah i, I it, it was often difficult because i i really wanted to show them how much i thought they were attractive but i also had to just hold back and just slowly do it and because they generally, you know, if they've got a little belly or something, or you know, they've got they've got a cesarean scar or something, that's, you know, you just got to say that that that's fine, that's okay, it's you're a woman, you know, mm. that's 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 part of it, you know. This, I was this say. is your, this is a beautiful vessel that you've got that's carried you through life, so you know, thank it, be appreciative for it. Yeah, I was going to say that that would be a sl- maybe a slower unpacking, you know, to navigate yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely, and and you know it, it would start with um, you'd, you'd go very slowly. You know, you'd, mm. you'd probably have a drink before the booking, and just putting your arm around them or something, or just putting you know resting your hand on their leg or something. That sort of starts stirring things up, and the flirtation begins, and mm. and eventually they 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 started to see me as I started to see themselves as I saw them, and it was mm. yeah, that's when it was wonderful, really rewarding. Yeah, but also, I guess for yourself, you you'd genuinely do see them that way you're yeah not, you're not trying to trying to gaslight them no just, God, just no. to get your end away no it's very no, different no. isn't it yeah no well it's well you, you i couldn't be turned on unless i i couldn't do the job unless i saw something in them um mm. you know and on that note look it did happen sometimes i didn't get it up you know sometimes i did have to end bookings early or suggest they ended early and you know it, it, we're all fallible, um, mm. but generally, there's always something cute or, or attractive about someone, you know. Or you can look at you look at a woman and you know imagine them as they were when they were sort of in their twenties and stuff, and how mm-hmm. you know cheeky and you know, sexy they would have been then. You can sort of there's, there's all sorts of different ways you can look at women, um, mm. and yeah. But generally, there's always something beautiful there, you know, just the shape, the sound, that their voices, that being higher than ours, you know, little things. I just really appreciated that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, amazing. Now, in terms of, I guess, you know, you, you've, you've got on this 
trajectory and and you know learning as well this learning journey your mm. own your own sort of upbringing and i guess sex education and stuff like that like how was that uh pretty much non-existent right. <laughs> you know yeah i i was very sexual as a kid so i was that kid at school that people asked things from me or i you know i'd, I'd spout to them you know mm, and yeah. this is this was before the internet too so you know i was i think in my in, in my book i described i think very 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 briefly getting busted by my grandmother reading an erotic novel and masturbating over over words you know yeah, so yeah. you know that was i was the guy that was sort of learning and teaching myself um so that, but but as far as externally you know i vaguely remember a class where the usual condom over the banana thing was done and that's pretty much it you that's know there, it, there wasn't yeah. anything yeah uh, it's just so contentious now it's it's just so it's such a basic thing to to get out there so i don't know if it is part of the curriculum at schools so i'm i'm trying to find out i ask at my son's school and things like that but it's not yet so mm. um yeah i think it needs to be i don't think there's much um you know in in depth really um no you know and i think another another issue that seems to be out there is that actually the teachers aren't necessarily as skilled in teaching those subjects like maybe it's in the yeah. curriculum but it's actually a little bit awkward definitely as well so well yeah because they're seeing their teacher every day or they're seeing they're in that same school and they've got their peers around them and you know it's embarrassing to ask things so you know, I, I think if you you know as, as as a speaker i would have a lot of value in going into a situation having say a a mystery you know a, 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 an anonymous box where the kids could ask anything they want or, or you know we can talk about anything and i'm not going to judge them in what they say you know if they they talk about feelings towards other boys they probably wouldn't do it in a in a group but you know feelings towards other boys or you know my son said to said to us once you know do i have to have a baby and it's like you know this has been before how do you have a baby it's like you know he saw other babies and he assumed that oh does everyone have to have one of those you know yeah. so that's just a little cute little things like that that yeah you know that you can you can grow you can build on and educate yeah. them about no I, t I completely agree so people can find you at what's the um the website the website my website is buagain.com.au so the words B B E yep. Y O U yep. again dot com dot au and from there you can learn a bit more about me. Uh, you can see some of the media that I've done over here in Australia, uh, and you can um, you can order my book. Time for her. Mm -hmm. uh, you can click on a link and it'll take you to to my publisher. And I'd love you to order my book. <laughs> Basically, it'd be really nice. I think Brilliant. it's uh, yeah yeah. So that, that that's pretty much me now. Yeah. Do you do social channels as well? I do. Um, I locked Twitter right down. Um, mm. I've, I've given up on that. I, I, I think I had I had a whole lot of followers, and I just just flushed them all out. So now I've got like sixty six or something. And I've yeah. locked that because that's going nowhere. Um, Instagram's probably the best I find because mm. um, then I can I, I can engage with people. Um, I also write for a, a media organisation over here called Mamma Mia. Um, okay. So I've got a, I've got a column, a gig writing columns there. So I often will post 
getting suggestions on what people would like me to talk about, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just uh, so so the Instagram one I think is Mister Mitch. So M R Mitch M I T C H underscore Larson L A R S S O N. If you want to have a look there too. Awesome. Let's okay. wrap this up. Thanks heaps okay. for your time. Good luck. My mate. pleasure too. My pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on. Really hope you enjoyed that one. You can check out more of Mitch slash Dan over on Instagram at Mr. Mitch underscore Larson. That's L-A-R-S-S-O-N. Or at www.buagain.com.au. Before we sign off, we want to remind you to check out our book available at sexandspace.com forward slash book to download or buy. Don't forget to leave us a like, follow, comment or review wherever you're tuning in from. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, safe travels. See you on the next episode.